Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. Wow. 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 We are live here at Betty Chevrolet Parkside Drive. Well, I'm live here at Betty Chevrolet. Ben McKee is back in the Low T Center studio. Man, it is a beautiful morning. The air just smells a whole lot better after a big orange wind, and that is what we hope we will be here talking about on Monday. And Ben, we are here, man. We are here and ready to talk about a big orange win because the boys got it done on Saturday and the game was basically over in the first, in the first quarter. Uh, but, Ben, man, good morning. Hope you had a great weekend. What is up? Good morning. Hope you are well. I'm fantastic, man. I am, I am fantastic. What a What a weekend. What a weekend! Two and zero on the weekend, so I can't, I can't complain at all, man. I can, but I don't think anybody wants to hear it. So what, what a weekend! Uh, really, really, really cool, cool, cool uh, weekend. A fun weekend for Forest um, Tennessee fans. Just having having a good time with Tennessee Vol fans. I don't, I won't throw in Tennessee Titans fans in there, but Tennessee Vol fans, man. Just a really good time, Ben. It was awesome. I I thought Tennessee would win the game. I didn't think they would win in that fashion, dominating fashion. Didn't expect 62 points on the board. Thought that they would be able to have some success running the football. Didn't expect 424 rushing yards. Did did not see uh, that coming. Excuse me, 452. I I, I gypped them. Uh, 452 rushing yards. No turnovers. My favorite part, two penalties, also my favorite part. Uh, Tennessee's defense doing a great job on on Tyler Beatty. Tyler Beatty had been averaging 145 total yards per game, both rushing and receiving, so 149.5. I gypped him as well, 149.5 all-purpose yards going into the game, which was eighth most in the country, best in the SEC, and Tennessee's defense held him to 68 yards on 24 touches, 3.5 yards per touch. So uh, Tim Banks' defense getting it done as well. Yeah, man, I don't know which which group has been more impressive, uh, which group was more impressive on – on Saturday, um, because I mean, you just you just basically blanket blanketed Missouri, and then uh, offensively, it, it didn't even need the punter. So, I mean, I guess I guess it would be offense then, because wow, man, offense put on a a fireworks show, and uh, that's what we have been expecting um, since Josh Heupel got here. But uh, folks that are logical understand that you don't snap your finger. You don't put it in the microwave and then get results. Uh, it takes it takes time to um, develop chemistry. You, know, you had a, a different quarterback that that needed some time, and boy, they are right now on on the same page. So uh, looks 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 great, man. Just looks awesome right now. And uh, because of Tennessee and how they played, they put themselves in a position to be to be a favorite, man. To be a favorite right now uh, against against South Carolina, a double-digit favorite, even though, uh, you know, South Carolina played Georgia tough a little bit early in the season. But Tennessee just putting on a, a show, and we felt like Josh Heupel, man, if he just gets his players. And 
get some buy-in, then this offense can be exactly what we saw on, on Saturday. Uh, ben, I don't know if you noticed this, but I did. The guys that are handling business, the guys who are balled in 100%, this was a game where we've seen some players play earlier in the season that did not play yesterday, did not get the same amount of playing time, and this is a message because without those guys, Tennessee was very efficient on offense. Now, going against Mizzou defense, anyone should be efficient, but – the, the fact still remains that there's a lot of people going, where's this guy? Where's that guy? Is he hurt? No. Guys wasn't hurt. Guys just wasn't playing. <laughs> and so I hope these, these youngsters, and these are all sophomores and below, that found themselves playing a lot more during the beginning of the season than they did on Saturday. And I hope they respond the right way. I really do. Because I noticed that, and to me, that was a message being sent to those players about 100% buy-in, doing everything right, and doing exactly what we asked you to do, no questions asked. So I uh, don't know if you noticed that, Ben, but I certainly did, man. Some guys um, that did not play in their normal rotation then, uh, then they, then they, when they, uh, then, then early in the season. Oh, I noticed it. And for, for those of you wondering why this guy didn't play, go 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 listen to what Josh Heupel had to say about why Marcus Pierce was was playing with Jabari Small getting banged up again, Tyon Evans being a little gimpy. Go go listen to what Heupel had to say about Marcus Pierce after the game, and that'll answer your question as to why a receiver may not be playing, a running back may not be playing, so on and so forth. For sure, man. Looks like we have somebody on the on the hotline, the Iris Networks hotline, eight six five two hundred fifty five zero three. So let's not waste any time and let's get to the phones. We've got Butch Dooley. Let's do it, Butch Dooley. Good morning. Good morning, guys. What's going on? Everything. Everything's going on, man. Man, what a game! What a game! When I want to know, and, and when's the last time we scored sixty points? In a game. 2016 versus Missouri. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> it, uh, yeah, I mean, we look good. We look good. Our offense couldn't be stopped, literally. Um, I, I mean, there, I don't know if I have that anything, anything negative, really. If we played, it was a, we played all four quarters, which was amazing to see. Um, I got some you know, negative. It, what's that? Kickoff return. We gave up a touchdown. We're not talking about anything negative until hour two. <laughs> <laughs> I, until eight o'clock, we're not talking about anything negative. Hey, I'm just, I'm just saying, man. No. I'm, I'm just looking at it from a coach's perspective. I'm sorry. We, no, no, I mean, we look, we look good. We look good. Uh, the, the best thing, I, I mean, our receivers caught the ball. Um, I was really, really happy to see that. Um, we ran the ball down their throat. Um, defense, defense has been good this year. I mean, really, all 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 year. Uh, I you know it is. We did have a lot of people injured. Um, I don't know. If it was more a cramping situation or the one. Um, I I don't think I ever heard them say anything about after, but uh, collision between uh, Theo Jackson 
and I guess that receiver, that was a pretty pretty violent collision. I don't know if y'all know anything else about that, that you had a concussion or anything like that. But, you know, we did good. We got a got a good big game that's coming up this weekend. Um, a thing where we're favored by 10, which I was I, – I expected to be favored, I don't know, about by, by 10, but – it looks like it's actually going to be bigger than that because right now they've got South Carolina plus 10 at plus 100. So it's probably going to go to 10 and a half or 11 here soon. So I think we win, though. I definitely think we win. We, we, I mean, we look good. We look good when we gas the opponent's defense and we're efficient and executing on the plays. Uh, it's hard to stop that offense. It really is. That, that fast pace didn't have that many penalties. So that was another big, big thing. Yeah, no negative Monday. <laughs> Anytime you put up 60 on an SEC opponent and blow them out, no, ain't no complaints here. And really, you kind of put up 70 on them. It, yep. it should have been 69. Nice. But the the rest, I, <laughs> I, I don't know what they were looking at. Tyon Ty Evans scored there at, at the end. Oh, yeah. He got, he got two touchdowns taken away from him. Should have had five on the day. So, really, you hung 70 on them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how they overturned that. There was nothing to overturn the touchdown right there on the goal line. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It, it should have been. It should have been seventy seventy six because um, you had the the play with Tyon Evans. It was clearly a touchdown. Then you had the Javante Payton. Um, you had you had that drop. Not seventy six, but it would have been. It should have been over seventy for sure. It would have been seventy two um, if, yeah, if Peyton had, catches that, and then the the touchdown doesn't get taken off the board. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we had Javante on locker room last night, and uh, we'll play his audio this morning. Um, and uh, he did have that drop, but he had a he had a great uh, touchdown to, to kind of set the tone for the entire day over DB. That um, during the interview, you'll know why. Um, you, you'll know why Javante had some words for him after he scored. Snapped it, snapped it around, got right back up, and let the DB know, man, don't you ever try me. Sit down somewhere. I don't know if he said that, but uh, during the interview, I did ask him, hey, man, I saw some drawing. What, what, what did he say to you so early in the game that got you got you triggered like that? And um, you'll, you'll love the response, and uh, you'll know the reason. Uh, but Javante set the tone. Could have had two touchdowns in that game, but man, he is—he is right now Hendon Hooker's favorite target, and um, he'll also um, answer my question about their their chemistry right now. So, some good stuff from Javante Payton. If you are Tennessee, you're feeling good, but it's Monday. We talk about things from the game before on Monday and Tuesday uh, during the week. But these players, they got to flush it because now the challenge for them is South Carolina and stringing, stringing together two wins. They've yet to do that this season. 1-1, one, one, lost 1-1, one, 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 lost 1, and now you've won one, 3-2. Here's a chance to go 4-2 and two with a two-game winning streak. Got to take care of business this week, and it starts in practice, continuing those great habits from the game, letting that thing carry over. We'll take our first break of the day. We are live here at Betty Chevrolet Parkside Drive. Be right back.
If you want to get in on the conversation, call the Iris Network's hotline at 865-200-5503. Grow your business with Iris Network's high-speed fiber internet. irisnetworksusa.com. If you're coming to Knoxville and need a place to stay, do yourself a favor and book a room at Hampton Inn Paper Mill, also known as the Hampton on the Hill. This award-winning property is literally in the top 5% of all Hampton Inn properties. The GM, Stephen Lawrence, is a good old local boy who grew up in the business around Knoxville. He and his staff are always available, always willing to help, and will go above and beyond for their guests. The newest Hampton Inn in Knoxville has clean, affordable rooms, flat screens, fridges, and microwaves in every room. Plus, breakfast is included in every rate. Not to mention, there's also a pool and fitness center on site. If it wasn't so close to amazing restaurants, bars, and shopping, you would never want to leave. At only six miles from campus, you're still right in where the big orange action is. Go to HamptonInn.com, search Knoxville, and book your room at the Hampton Inn Paper Mill. Or call 865-693-5400. Good morning, Swain Event family. Several of you, like Ben McKee, have reached out to me for real estate assistance this year, and I want to say thank you. I appreciate your trust in me to ask questions and help you navigate the real estate world. That's right, Jennifer. Buying a home is a scary process, especially for a first-time home buyer. Jennifer recently helped my wife and I buy our first home and made the entire process seamless. Her willingness to go above and beyond is what sets her apart. As always, feel free to give me a call. Jennifer Morris, Keller Williams Realty, 865-257-7897, or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss PRP, platelet-rich plasma. If you have orthopedic injuries such as shoulder pain, knee pain, Achilles tendonitis, or tennis elbow, you should give them a call. Good to be back, Jason. We specialize in non-surgical orthopedics, so we treat damaged tendons, ligaments, and joints, including rotator cuff injuries, knee injuries, and elbow and foot problems by using ultrasound-guided injections with PRP. And this form of treatment helps stimulate the body's own reparative process and assist in the healing of damaged tissue. Doc, what makes your training different than others? I've been practicing in Knoxville for over 26 years, and I'm certified in interventional regenerative orthopedic medicine through the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. They've been the leader in this form of treatment since 1983. I also teach this form of treatment on a national and international basis to other physicians, residents, and medical students. Here in our clinic, I'm the one doing the procedure, and we're using your own PRP, which are concentrated platelets, to treat your injury. So in other words, Jason, it comes from you and it goes back to you, so you know exactly what you're getting and know exactly the level of training involved. Do what the pros, college athletes, and I have done, and visit them online at trsportsmedicine.com. Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, East Tennessee's leader in PRP therapy. Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. For a replay of East Day's Swain Event TV, like us on Facebook. Swain Event, 
Live here at Beatty Chevrolet Parkside Drive. Our telephone number is 865-255-03. That is the Irish Network's hotline. Ben McKee, Jason Swain. Man, it, it's, it's, it, it was fun. It was fun on Saturday. Every time Tennessee touched the ball, they went down and you scored. If you missed any part of the first quarter and you were in and out of watching the game, you probably was was checking in during the first quarter like, what what is going on, man? What is what is going what is going on? You look up, it's seven zero. You look up again, it's twenty one to three. <laughs> you look up again, it's thirty five to ten. Um it was just an offensive explosion, and Tennessee did not need to punt. Tennessee didn't even get a defensive touchdown, even though they almost got one with Jeremy Banks. But it was just efficient, efficient, efficient on offense. Tennessee was able to do what they wanted to do. Um, if they wanted to pass the football, they certainly did that. Uh, it was some bad, bad, bad defense. We have to highlight how poor the defense was for Missouri. So poor that – Folks got fired, man. Folks got fired, Ben. The defense is so bad. Yeah, the defensive line coach got fired for Missouri, and frankly, I'm surprised the defensive coordinator, Steve Wilkes, did not get fired because that was the type of defensive performance that gets you fired. And it was that that was the, the tip of the iceberg for Missouri defensively in terms of catastrophe. But Boston College and Kentucky and some of these other games were were very poor defensive performances as well. So I I was surprised that it was the defensive line coach and not the defensive coordinator, to be honest with you. The reason why I think it was the D-line coach and not the coordinator, because I don't know if you had anybody that you have anybody else in that staff that knows the defense. That's Steve. That's Wilkes defense. And here's here's the thing that's surprising, because. When I saw his name earlier last week, I was like, man, that sounds familiar. It sounds familiar. Well, bro, he was the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals just three years ago. He was a head coach in the NFL, Arizona Cardinals, 2018. And then he is the defensive coordinator with the Cleveland Browns. So he spent a lot of his time in the NFL since 2005. So for the last 16 years, he has been in the NFL. And yesterday, who who looks like a first-time D.C. In the, in the SEC? Was it Steve Wilson? Was it was it Tim Banks? Not Tim Banks, that's for sure. Oh, my goodness. I mean, the Cedric Tillman touchdown, that was a touchdown where I was like, man, defense coordinator going to get fired. He's going to get fired after the game. The one that, that is where, a, where that, there is no safety over the top? It's third down and long, Ben. I think it was like third down and seventeen. Uh, yes, something like that. It was it was third down and seventeen. Hold on, I got it right here. I got it right here, man. I got it right here. This this is what third and took, eighteen. Oh my goodness! This is what took Tennessee up fifty five to seventeen. It's third and eighteen. We are at the twenty four yard line. So if you Missouri, you're like, hey man, let's. Let's just keep everything in front of us here, and let's force the field goal. This dude went zero coverage, which means no safety help, man-to-man, and then he had a safety way out of place. You know what? It wasn't even, it wasn't even zero, Ben. It was one, and the safety wasn't even deep. The safety was just wandering, but he was so close to the line of scrimmage. 
there was no safety help. He was supposed to be in the middle to stop Cedric Tillman from catching that pass. But the defense was so poor on third and 18, it was an easy throw and catch over the middle. That's what, that's the, the area of the field you want to protect the most in that situation. But that play right there let me know that, man, these guys, these guys have no clue what they're doing on defense. None. Reminds me of the South Sincere defense. This is worse. <laughs> this is worse. This is worse, man. This is worse. And, you know, last week I was referencing the Boston College game. I was like, yo, Boston College is running all over these dudes. And they're running away from Mizzou's de- defense. I was like, man, there's a speed issue here. Hey, this don't make any sense. And I saw where Mizzou's D- uh, DBs were struggling to run with Boston College receivers. So if you listened to the show last week, what happened Saturday is what we what we talked about. Now the only difference is we didn't expect for us to put up sixty something points, but we did expect to have success running the football, and we did expect for our receivers to be able to run behind Mizzou's DBs when we threw the ball, and that's what happened. Were you um, surprised that Tennessee's defense only gave up seventeen points? And I'm I'm saying seventeen. Obviously, Missouri scored twenty four for the game, but. Chris Abrams' drain had a 100-yard kickoff return for a touchdown, so obviously mm-hmm. that is not the defense's fault. So was was 17 points less than what you thought or about what you thought, or what would you think about Tennessee giving up 17 points? Oh, I was surprised by the defense only giving up 17 points. I was for as sure. well. I think yeah, I, I, sure. I, had, I had Tennessee giving up, like, upper 20s and, and winning. I think I picked, like, Tennessee, uh, I can't even remember, like 30 to 27, something like that. Yeah, you picked. You picked. It was uh, it was in the thirties. Yeah, both teams in the thirties, and I had I had him in the twenties. I had twenty eight, twenty four because of the rain. But it, I mean, the rain was a non factor. I mean, it basically stopped raining. So, uh, I, I am surprised by how stifling the Tennessee defense was. And you know, we got we got to go to the phones. But man, I dude, I know some things about our defense that has to be mentioned. I mean, my goodness, Tim Banks is getting it done. He's getting it done right now. He's doing a great job. Now, it's going to get tough for him here in a couple weeks, but, man, he's doing a great job. You can see it. Uh, I'll point something out here in a second, but we got to get to the phones, have some nice color pace, and we got to get to our guy Pete in St. Louis. I know he's feeling good. He's, he wanted this win so bad because he lives in Missouri. So, Pete, good morning. Oh, Jason and Ben, I tell you what, you are right about feeling good. I'm driving into work, and there's a big orange sunrise. I was driving home after the game, and I saw a bandwagon on the side of the highway. It was a blaze of orange flames and abandoned on the side of the road. It feels so good. Yes. This uh, is something I've been waiting on a long time. I've lived here 30 years now, ever since I graduated from UT, and we never played them in the early uh, in late 90s and early 90s. But when we started, when they came to the conference, we were already on our decline. Mm-hmm. And we've never been competitive. <clears throat> Last year we beat them, and it felt good. But there's just something different about this. This is the dominance that I've been waiting for. I watched a fan base, fan, fan base evaporate in front of my very own eyes. The, the, the Mizzou fans that I was around, it just I just watched them evaporate into nothing. It was over and done. And it happened so fast, it was like a blitzkrieg. It was amazing. Yeah, it was it was good. Down the sixteen team beat Missouri. They put up sixty points too. That was a beat down. I mean, we had 
we had plays all over the place. But yeah, it's been it has been tough when you look at Mizzou entering the league, playing in Atlanta. Uh, they've beat us a couple times. Uh, I think now the series was what five five. Um, yeah, yeah, ties it up. Yeah, yeah, but we have hung sixty points on them twice, uh, in a few times that we've played since they entered the league. But man, I'm so happy for you, Pete. Strut, strut around, Mizzou, Pete. Strut around, man. You deserve it. Oh, you better believe I'm wearing orange all week long. <laughs> I got That's one the... question for you guys, though. Yes, sir. So, so clearly, the coaches can coach. They can do more with less from a player standpoint. Uh, defense, like you were just saying, that, that's just a surprise of the year. I, we all expected Hypo eventually would be able to do his thing. We didn't know how soon. The defense just is blowing me away, the, the coaching there. But the trainers, I think we should touch on at some point, what's really going to turn this season the rest of the way is going to be our training staff, keeping those kids healthy and on the field. And I don't know that they always get any recognition that they should, but the training staff at UT, thumbs up to them. And good luck the rest of the way keeping those guys healthy because we're going to need them. Yeah, for sure, Pete. Thank you so much. And, you know, some of it is, is just luck. Some of it, you know, getting hurt sometimes is just pure luck. But um, something to keep an eye on is the strength and conditioning, how we are maintaining our strength, uh, and then also the, the training room. Um, you know, the training room has done a, done a good job. And you're going to have guys get hurt during the course of the season. But it's your responsibility as a player to get into the training room as much as possible. Either you're in class or you're in the training room if you are hurt. And even if you're not hurt, the the maintenance that you got to have during the season cuz you're going to be nicked up, you're going to be sore. Well, get to the training room, get into the get into the 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 heating pool, get some extra stretching in. Uh these are all things that veteran players uh that they do naturally, but we have to get the younger players on board. Everyone has to do it. Understand the importance of maintenance even when you're not hurt. Getting into the training room, stretching, getting into the hot tub, um, and and relaxing, making sure that you are ready to go for for practice uh, each and every day. And because of morning practice, that means you got to get up a little earlier, and that's okay. It's part of being uh, a, a professional, so to speak, handling handling yourself like a professional. That's the way to do it. Let's go back to the phones. Thank you for the phone call, Pete. Happy for you, man. Strut your stuff. Wear that orange. Talk yo-ish this week, Pete. You deserve it. Let's get to uh, Josh in Virginia. Josh, good morning. Good morning, guys. How y'all doing? Man, wonderful, man. How are you? Oh, I'm doing good. Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to date myself a little bit here. It's okay. right back 81, 82. I think I was first or second grade in elementary school. And we were all sitting around, and the principal was, was talking, talking some stuff, was doing something. We had, we had done something to make him mad. And uh, I made the ill-advised move of saying, shut up. <laughs> and then, so what come next kind of reminded me of what happens on Saturday. <clears throat> I go to the principal's office. He breaks up that paddle with the holes in it. I don't know what the holes are for, but it had holes in it. Arrow and it nets. stung a little bit, and it left a mark. And I, I think Saturday is going to do the same thing for Missouri. And, uh, but man, this sure was reminiscent of what I went through. <laughs> back in the day when I made that ill-advised move of just running that mouth, you know. But what a, what a great game. Fun to watch. Just just awesome. <laughs> and uh, I tell you what, I hope I hope get to see that a whole lot more this year. be nice um, if we could go down to Georgia or Alabama and do some magic, but you know how that goes. But, guys, I appreciate it. I'm going to get off here and listen and 
Appreciate you guys. Hey, thank you so much, man. Josh had a moment where, like, you're thinking it, and you just blurt out what you're thinking without without thinking. Uh, that's hilarious right there. That is hilarious. Let's see who we got next on the phone. See, Ben is answering the phones. It's going to be one of those days, Ben. <laughs> that's it's going to be one of those days, man. I'm here for it, too. Fine with me. You've got uh, our good friend Coy and Macon. Coy and Macon, good morning. Good morning, fellas. How we doing today? I'm wonderful. I am wonderful. Man. I know Ben. I know Ben is feeling good. Man, he got his Yankee sweatshirt on. He representing. <laughs> He's feeling man. good. Vols won. Oh yeah, Ben's feeling good. Um, uh, I've been waiting all weekend to call you guys and just really be able to hear the reaction. I feel like I've been listening to the show probably going on four years now. Okay, and I don't okay. feel like we've ever had I don't feel like we've ever had a uh, a Monday to be this enthused about the team, man. I mean what a game. What a game. We uh we got together with some friends this weekend and uh you know that of course Georgia be me living in Georgia and uh Georgia being on at the same time you know I kind of got put on the small TV in the corner had to have my little little earpod in just listening to the game but uh it was all smiles man and my my buddy who hosted the party he uh I got there and he had put a bet down and he was like oh yeah man I took Tennessee or I took uh, I took the under, and I was like, "You did what? You took the under?" I was like, "Why?" And so, like, just you know, every few minutes, been able to look over and smile at it and be like, "Touchdown Tennessee! Touchdown Tennessee!" I mean, we almost covered the under or the upper by ourselves, man. What a day! Man. What a day! Yeah, I, it, it was hard to expect that because I mean, you, the forecast said rain all day, but. You know, it, it just didn't, and uh, just made it easier for for Tennessee. But man, that was a that was a example of when you are as sharp as sharp can be, and the team is as dull as a team can be, like together. And yeah. when you when you mix those, you get you get L shaped ambushes like that. You get beat downs like that. One team was ready to play, and the other team just wasn't ready to play and tried to turn it on uh, at halftime. But at, at that point, it was already too late. It was too late. I really like what you said earlier about, you know, noticing that there was some players out there that had – or some players that were not out there that had been playing all season, um, you know, at some of the buy-in. And, man, I really like some of those players, so I hope that they, they buy back in and, you know, get on board with everything because, you know, with, that, with them out there 100% bought in, we're just going to be that much better. Yep, yep. Thank you so much, Coy, man. Enjoy enjoy. Uh, the rest of your week and today, this is my advice to those players that did not play as much as they have early in the season. Unless you feel like system-wise it's not a fit, the grass is not going to be greener on the other side. If you don't change yourself, like you got to look in the mirror. I'm saying this because I've been through it before. It ain't the coaches. Every player that 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 folks asked about, is he hurt? What's going on with him? Every player. 
You have not done what you needed to do. And so you have to change. It starts with you first. Don't think that just because the transfer portal is available that you're going to get a different set of results just if you put on a different jersey. Because if your work habits stay the same, if your attitude stays the same, you're going to get the same results. You're just going to be on a different team. So it starts with you. Respond. Last week we saw the Oregon player getting chewed out by Mario, Mario Cristobal because he was wrong. But instead of pouting, not making eye contact with the coach, he took it. He took it, responded. And that's what you have a chance to do. You have a chance to do that. Sometimes, man, you need that, that kick in the pants. Sometimes you need that reality check where you're feeling yourself. You think you're good. People tell you that you're good. They're hyping you up. You believe in them. Your feet getting a little, little bit off the ground. But you need some people to ground you and let you know that, man, what, what you think you're doing is not good enough. It's not good enough. How about Bo Nix? Do you want an example? Bo Nix is the example. That's how you respond as a college football player. There's not a position more polarizing than the quarterback. Bo Nix is at Auburn where his father played. He got an NIL deal. He didn't play well. He gets benched. He had a moment to think about how he wanted to handle it. He want, do you want to pout? Do you want to get mad, talk about it ain't fair, blame the, on the coaches, point the finger somewhere else? Or do you want to look in the mirror and go, all right, let me be better? And that's what Bo Nix did. Went out there and won at Death Valley for the first time since 99, that Auburn program. And he was the key to the game. That's how you respond. It ain't pounding. It ain't looking in the transfer portal. Look in the mirror. Stop looking, listening to the outside noise. People hyping you up. You ain't good enough yet. But you have a chance to go get better today. Right now. Because practice starts here in a little bit. You got opportunity every single day to get better. So either do it or point the finger. It'll somebody else. Get upset. Think that the grass is going to be green somewhere else and then go somewhere else and have the same results unless your mentality changes and your attitude changes and your work ethic changes. That, that is my advice. Let's go back to the phones. We've got Smokey and Charlotte. Smokey in Charlotte, good morning. Good morning. How y'all doing? Man, I'm, I'm great. The Bears won. The balls put up almost 100 points. I'm good. I am good. How are you? I'm great. I almost didn't know how to react. I mean, my son and I are watching the game and like looking at each other like, holy crap, is this, <laughs> is this real right now? Um, <laughs> that was, that was incredible. And, um, you know, you played well when you get a coach fired on Sunday. Um, yep. I mean, I hate it for that guy and his family, but good goodness. Um, is you know, question to you, um, you know, is this kind of fool's gold? Because that defense, I mean, I saw 
players kind of letting up at the goal line, like not even trying to tackle us. I mean, how much of that was, I mean, I know we played great, but I mean, how much of that is just Missouri just kind of giving up a little bit? I, I don't, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I like our chances against South Carolina, but I just, I think the tendency is, or at least for me, I mean, not that I'm not enjoying it, but you know, I don't, I don't want to overreact here, but um, that defense was all time bad. And I, don't, I mean, I'm not, I hadn't played at the level you have. So what's your take on that? Is this fool's gold? All time bad. Yeah, it was bad. I won't, I, I won't, I won't say it's fool's gold. Because we have seen this team offensively and defensively improve each week. We've seen the improvement. And so yeah. it would be one thing if like we didn't you know, we had we didn't see this team improve and they were not improving, um, and they go out and just look look great versus a team that's 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 bad. Well they they've gotten better each week. They've gotten better. Remember we got a ton of transfers, a new coach, new systems on both sides, and you know, it's taking time. It's taking time for a guy like Henry Hooker. Now he feels comfortable. Uh, this is this is his offense, man. This is his team, and you can see it. But it takes time to get to that point. I don't think it's a fool's goal. Like, don't expect you know good offensive production um, moving forward, or don't expect defense to play well. I think they'll continue to play well, um, but it's only so much they will be able to do versus competition that is going to get harder and harder. Like this this week. Should take care of business, but it's going to get harder uh, after that, and the depth is going to be a concern. So uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't say it's full goal um, because these guys have been we've we've seen the improvement week in and week out. Got it. Thanks, guys. Y'all hey, thank week. you, man. Thank you, man. Ain't nothing like sitting there watching a the game with your with your son or your daughter, and you know Tennessee is putting up major points. Uh, it was it was cool watching the game with my kids too, man, and seeing Tennessee light the scoreboard up. So uh, let's let's keep this thing going here on the text box, and let's get to Chris, who is calling in JC. Chris, good morning. Hey guys, John hey Chris got off that plane in Missouri, and he went. I used to work here, but blank you, blank you. I don't even know you, but blank you too. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I he love was, it. Uh, he was. They must have closed down his favorite chicken restaurant, and he found out when he got up there. You know, <laughs> man, that was he great. was mad. <laughs> um, but you know what? I'll leave you with this, guys. Just a quick call on a Monday morning. Uh, you think Lane Kiffin was popcorn for that game? Oh, say that. Say that. Say that again. Say that one more time. You think Lane Kiffin would have got his popcorn out for that game? <laughs> Man, if you're talking about the you talking about the Ole Miss uh, Bama game, well, he said he oh, said yeah. uh, the, the pregame interview. He was like, "Get your popcorn ready," and then threw the headset like he dropping the mic. And uh, his team was down forty-two to seven at one point, and was down twenty-one to zip at one point. And I thought, I thought he was, I thought he thought he was playing video games, man. He wouldn't, he would not punt it. Uh, he did turn it around on Twitter and say that it's because he has confidence in his players. But I, there's there's having confidence in your players and there is, you know, coaching in a way that gives yourself a chance to win by making good good decisions. I don't, I don't know about those. Of, he, he let the emotions of that game get to him. He wanted that game too, so too much. 
I think so. I think so. And listen, he's a great offensive mind, but the jury is still out on him being a head coach that that can take a program and win without any scandals on the side, without any drama um, you know, on the headlines, and do it consistently. Like the, He has yet to do that. Uh, Lane Kiffin is one of the most overhyped coaches in college football. But, I mean, it is because he, he's hyped up like some of these other coaches that have won more. Uh, I like Lane Kiffin. I mean, I, I think he is perfect for Ole Miss. Um, I mean, he, he would have been winning at Arkansas. I mean, he, he, is a, he is a good football coach. But he gets way more attention than he deserves because he hasn't done anything yet as a head coach. He hasn't. Um, but he gets more attention than some of the other coaches out here that actually have won consistently. So uh, that's, no, that's no hate at Lane Kiffin. It's just the truth. But some folks, man, are so in love with Lane Kiffin, they forget that he ain't even your coach. You, you, you love him because he's entertaining. You love him because he's, he's handsome. But he got, a little, he got a little taste of his own medicine on, on, on Saturday, man. He got, he got, he got, he got schemed up. Um, that 3-3 fire that they run there at, at Ole Miss, showing everybody that, yeah, the defense has improved from last year, but they can't stop the run. So you can run the football against Ole Miss, and um, Ole Miss, if they're not you know, lighting you up on offense, then they're still going to have some, some issues. But he'll bounce back. Uh, he's a good football coach, and Ole Miss still has Matt Corral. They'll, they'll bounce back. They'll bounce back. I know All right, thing. let's go back to the phones. Real quick, oh, before, sorry. We, before we get to, to Ron and Turkey Man, if, if Tennessee's offense – plays the way that it did on Saturday against Ole Miss, that is going to be one heck of a football game. And I agree with with what you were saying. I, I don't think Tennessee's offensive performance was fool's gold because you, you saw it executed so well. You, you didn't see any pre-snap penalties. You, you didn't see any turnovers. It was clean, crisp football. It, it wasn't the offense sputtering and, and beating itself and then just being able to make up for it because Missouri's defense is so poor. Tennessee executed at a at a really high level. They they really did execute and, and I, I thought the receivers played better. There's obviously still some things that they can clean up. The Javante Payton drop. Uh Valus had a I, I don't know if you'd call it a bona fide drop. I'm bringing it up for, for you to give an answer. There was a, a third down over the middle. I think it was third down, and uh, Chris Abrams drained the the nickel, was able to get in there and uh, deflect it. Good play on him, but I don't know if you saw something that maybe Valus could have done better. But my point is that the, the receivers played better. The offensive line without Cooper Mays did what they were supposed to do. Hendon Hooker was efficient passing the football with his legs. Heupel commended him for making sure Tennessee was in the, the right run plays and, and did a good job of uh, making sure Tennessee was in, in the correct position all game long. Uh, the running backs ran well. I, I thought it was a great offensive performance. And, and if they play like they did against Missouri, against Ole Miss, to, to that susceptible defense like you just mentioned, Swain, that game next Saturday is going to be a shootout and a fun one. Here's, here's one thing you can look at if you want to say fool's goal. Um, that is – 
the dominance on the, on the ground. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to do this again. No. This season. I, I just I just don't think we're going to run the football for 461 yards. And then you have a guy like Marcus Pierce come in, and he almost gets 50. Uh, Whitehead, you know, he almost gets 100. He's at 76. Hendon Hooker, 82. I mean, y'all almost had three running backs go for 100 yards. And if Jabari Small wouldn't have went out, um, he would have had 100 yards. Like, you could have really had three guys have 100 yards uh, if the distribution was a little bit different. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, anytime, anytime soon. But I think the improvement on offense. You mentioned um, the the lack of penalties, and that's that's practice. That's harping on those th- things in the film room. That's going out and practice and making sure um, that you clean up those bad habits. I mean that that's not fool's goal. And then Henry Hooker, this is his second straight game without a turnover. So that's that's practice carried over to the games. That is making it an emphasis, talking about it, um, cleaning up habits, that carries over. I don't think that's full goal at all. All right, let's get to uh, Ron. Ron, good morning. How you doing, sir? Hey, Ron. Uh, long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, hey. Down, <laughs> over here in Somerset, Kentucky. Um, can't really rub it in. The Kentucky fans—they obviously had a big win this weekend, so I was wanting to do that. But then, but then, uh, but then well, they obviously Florida obviously looked like Florida does, you know, once every so often and blows it, even though people think they're going to be good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, <laughs> so can't do that this weekend. No, um, can't. But, but, but anyway, uh, uh, I just uh, I, after the game was won. Uh, my wife comes to me. She didn't watch the game. She, she's not. She's not a massive football fan. Uh, but uh, sometimes, sometimes she watched them. She didn't watch this one. And I told her what we won by, and she said that that's not even fun to watch. And I said, Oh, I enjoyed every second of the it game, was fun. and I watched every second of the game because I have not seen Tennessee do this truly in years to someone, mm-hmm. and I enjoyed every play call and every snap of the game in, ha- in what we did to Missouri, not because I was, I want Missouri to just feel punished and feel down and feel bad, just because I want to, just because how good Tennessee was playing, so whether it was full gold or not, it was just a, such an enjoyable game to watch as a Tennessee fan, and most importantly, um, um, I'm just excited that we finally have, in my opinion, a quarterback, that there is no controversy, um, and that he is he can throw um, all the throws at this point, in my opinion. Uh, the first throw he made, the touchdown to Javante, um, it was, you know, the, the announcer really didn't give him credit. If I go back and I have to go back and watch it, uh, if I remember, it was either Deuce McAllister or Somebody saying that well, that, that was a that, you know that that was a good move and easy pitch and catch. And I said, I said that might have been an easy catch. It didn't, but it was because it was a dime. I mean, he absolutely threw a dime over over Javante's shoulder, and he threw a couple of those. I mean, so some really. I mean, and he threw them all. Everybody keeps everybody kept complaining, you know, that uh, that uh, we weren't going over the middle enough. He was throwing he was throwing little hitches. He was throwing over the middle. He was throwing to the tight ends. He was throwing it deep. It was just beautiful to watch. I know we want to appreciate the run game, and I love Tyon Evans. I think he's awesome. He's one of the best backs we've had here in a while. 
but um but I, I, i've got a I, we are going to have to give some shout outs to Hendon for not just being our quarterback but for having a game uh and a, a beautifully played non-turnover but well executed game and anyway guy that's all i got to say i, I hear your thoughts thanks hey thank you thank you so much for calling it's always good to get a first time caller up in here uh Hendon, you saw him, especially on the throw to Princeton Fant, work back through his progressions. That speaks to the comfort level of a quarterback inside of a system to know where his receivers are and they're supposed to be. And Usually throwing have over a the middle rece- of the zone, right? What'd you say? And throwing over the middle of a zone, right? Well, just the fact that he came back to – because that was his first progression. Mm-hmm. But, like, he came back to that after looking at two or three other options, and he came back to that without running. Usually when you have guys that either are too young um, to have patience to sit in the pocket, even when they have time, they'll just look at one, two, and just run. Or they don't have a deep understanding of where their guys are supposed to be because the, either the offense is new um, or or, you know, they are just, you know, they just, they just don't have it. But for Hendon, that is a sign of his comfort level inside of this offense. That is a sign that he understands it more and more and more. You take the experience factor, and then you combine it with the fact that he isn't, he's more comfortable in this offense. That's what I noticed on Saturday, Ben. I noticed him go from one, two, three, four, and then, you know, back to, you know, back to three. Uh, or back to four, I don't know which one Princeton Fant was, but the, the patience, knowing exactly where Princeton was and come back with him, come back to him was, was key. I, I thought Valus, um, I thought this earlier in the season, should have been in slot. Um, but I understand why you had to put other guys in slot because, you know, maybe they didn't have the, the toolbox to be able to get off press on the outside. And uh, lining up in a slot gives you about two yards of of wiggle room before you meet any type of collision. So I, I get it, but Valus in the slot uh, is a problem for defenses mm-hmm. because he can get the ball a little bit easier. And you're putting him against against safeties. You're putting him against linebackers. Um, and guys like Valus, man, shouldn't be able to be tackled in space and like he that. Wasn't. And we saw that. <laughs> right, we saw exactly. He's we so, saw. It. He's so fun to watch the the ball. Watch him with the ball in his hands. I mean that that touchdown he had early on on the the screen on on third and whatever it, it was uh, third and twelve and Hooker found Valus and I mean Valus just I, I thought the ball hit the ground initially. I, I was surprised yep. that it, that he caught it. It's the best part of that play was his, the catch concentration because it was a bad throw. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean it was at the ground. I I I was surprised that he was able to essentially scoop it up off off the turf and and then not only did he make that catch but then he made two guys miss and turned on the burners to outrun Missouri's defense it's so fun to watch him with the ball in his hands hopefully Tennessee continues to do that I want to give a lot of credit to Tennessee's offensive line because they kept Hooker clean and and Hooker's been good under pressure even going back to last week against Florida He, he was pretty good throwing the football under pressure and I mean, I only tallied one play in the first half in which Hendon Hooker was truly uh, affected by pressure in his face, and then twice in the second half. So three total for the game by my count. Not that that's anybody 
anything anybody should write home about. But just me watching the game, and in my opinion of the game, I only saw three times in which Hendon was was truly affected by pressure. One in the first half, two in the the second half, and uh, even on those pressures, the first one was against the five man pressure from Missouri, and uh, he completed a, a 13 yard pass. And then in the second half, he was uh, one for two, and the, the last throw against pressure was a, a 20 yard dime for a first down. So he was two for three for for. 33 yards in a first down on uh, against pressure. So Hendon played really well, has played really well. There's a whole lot to like about his game. But Tennessee's offensive line played played great on, on Saturday as well, both in the run game, opening up a ton of holes on, on each side, uh, and, and by keeping Hooker clean. A whole lot to like right now about Tennessee's offense. Let me add, let me add something else about Hooker that I noticed. He was sliding. Yes. You know why he was sliding, Ben? <laughs> because of the hits that he took the, at the Tennessee Tech game. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe maybe that's it. But I don't know. Here's what I think. Hendon knows he's, he's the guy. So when you're the guy and you know that you are valuable to your team, you know you can't take those hits. At the, when Hendon took that hit against Tennessee Tech, he was still in competition mode. Mm-hmm. Still in competition mode. Mentally, he was in competition mode. I got to make this play. I got to make this dude miss. I got to go score because there's a chance that Joe may get this job back when, he, when he's healthy. Saturday, it was, this is my job. I'm a slob because I know my team needs me. I'm the guy. Like, I noticed that. I noticed that about, about that slide. I may be wrong, but that's how I feel. I'm just telling you how I feel. That's my opinion. That's why we saw more slides from Hendon than any point of the season. That confidence, we saw it build in the Florida game. Sometimes when you lose games, there's positive to take from the game. That's not moral victories. It's just you, you learn lessons in losses. You just learn a lesson. And he learned a lesson about himself and about this offense, that he can play efficient football without turning the ball over, and they can, and they can have success on offense. And they follow up this week – with another game, no turnovers, explosive plays, but Hendon is sliding because he's like, I picked up the first down. I'm important to my team, and I know I can come back and do the same thing. All right, let's get to Turkey Man. Turkey Man, good morning. Morning, guys. How you good morning, today? Turkey Man. Hey, buddy. Hey, uh, I don't know if you guys seen it or not, uh, but at the end of the game, coaches come to the field. Was there, was there some kind of exchange? That went went on between the coaches. They showed it. it, it, it I seen just a blink of it, and I thought, was was that a was that an exchange went on there or not? I didn't think anything of it. Yeah, me neither. Well, I, I, I that's the reason I'm asking because you know I've seen it, but uh, what I seen, I thought I seen Hyple kind of push him off, but I thought maybe they were joking. I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't notice anything. I don't think I noticed was Hypel in the um, in his post game Josh Hypel show, or I think it was the interview session. I'm not sure. Hubs had it pulled up on on uh, on the phone yesterday last night on locker room. I was watching it, and uh, Hypel threw some. I thought he threw a little bit of shade at the Mizzou um, crowd not being not being really uh, a factor in you know games for away teams. I thought I, I heard it as that, but uh, other than that, I didn't, I didn't 
think anything of the, the, the midfield meeting between two coaches at all? Well, like I say, I, I, it wasn't nothing I dwelled on, but I thought, well, I'm going to ask maybe maybe there's something there that I missed. Because whenever you get upset enough, you start firing uh, coaches. Uh, well, and you get, you get handles like, like they got handles. Uh, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be real happy if I come to feel about the situation. Maybe not stretch it at the coach or anything, but I I wouldn't be happy. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just wouldn't. It wouldn't be. No, uh, and man, about our coach, man I tell you about I tell you about Heifel. But I've noticed uh, that no matter how good you do, he's still coaching. Because uh, I noticed. Uh, I guess it was Evans when he broke that long run, and there's a couple trailing behind him, and he said he's going to have to hold that ball up high and tight. And uh, how many times have we seen defensive backs come from behind and pop that ball out at the one or two yard line? Uh, those sure. things are if you want to be to the next level, you got to, you got to. Continue coaching. It's like the everybody's seen that uh, that uh, touchdown run of a Missouri on kickoff. Uh, you know, there's a total mental breakdown where you don't do, you don't want somebody seeing something that you did because we played it so high level there. But anyhow, but I thought it was great. I thought they did really good. There was uh, I want to ask you a question, a couple questions. Do you think that uh, Kentucky is uh, is uh, uh, Florida's as far as the way Florida looks at takes it the biggest rival in the East outside of outside of Georgia? And the other thing, all the uh, the uh, players that you guys have been able to to have one on ones with, uh, especially you, Swain, with locker room and and prime. Uh, what have you learned about a player outside of Coop, the Maze Boys, of, of players that you've seen, something that fans would not know? Uh, I mean, just just things with Matthew Butler I thought was pretty pretty fascinating. Um, you know, learn, learning about what gets him going, what matters to him. Uh, that was that was neat. Um, you know, Darnell Wright's recruitment was was pretty cool. Learning about how he grew uh, with his confidence level and be, you know being out, being a little bit more out with his personality. Um, Turkey man's what was Turkey man's first question there? Do you think Florida views Kentucky as its second biggest rival behind Georgia? Uh, probably, yeah, pro- probably in the East, just because you know that that Florida. Kentucky matchup early in the season, man, it's been it's been closer than Tennessee Florida matchup, and uh, you know Florida just they just they just they didn't play well at all, man. They had a hundred and what fifty yards and penalties, I think. I know they had double digit penalties. Um, they had what eight or nine false starts. Uh, they had a block block field goal return for a touchdown. I mean, Kentucky didn't do anything that that like in impressed me to the point where I should be nervous, to be honest. Uh, I give them credit for finding a way to win. Uh, it was a great team win. The atmosphere was awesome there in Lexington. But, I mean, they didn't they didn't 
Like they didn't do anything special to me. Um, but that was the Florida team that I thought we would see against Alabama, and and the the Florida team that that I saw on paper before the season started. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So and was they stunned when Emory Jones played the two best games of his life back to back against Alabama and Tennessee. I mean, I don't know. If, I don't know if Emory was like bad. I just, bro, they had nine, eight or nine false starts and over a hundred yards and penalties. I mean, I yeah. don't, I don't know how much I put that on Emory. Uh, I think, I think if 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 you don't have those two things working against you, if you Florida, I think you find a way to win. Uh, and then you had a block. Field goal for a return. Emory's on the sideline at that point. So uh, I thought Emory played well enough to win. He just didn't play as well as he did against Alabama and against us. But they, but it's a lesson for him. The uh, problem Kentucky. is when he doesn't play well enough to win, he's just not very dynamic. He, he's not a game changer when, when he doesn't play play well. He 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 can't have a bad day. If if or let me let me rephrase that. He can't have a day in which he's he's not spectacular because if he's he's not he's just he's not good at all. I don't I don't disagree man. I don't, I'm not looking at Saturday's game against Kentucky and saying that he's not good at all. I I think he's very overrated. I mean he's he's had two two good games against two SEC opponents. Um the game against Kentucky wasn't as good, but his teammates play their worst game of the season. And I, f- I feel like that's how they they caught they caught that L. But I mean, I thought I thought Emory, um, I mean, he had one touchdown, one interception against Alabama. He had no touchdowns and an interception, and um, you know he actually had more yards and did a better job against Kentucky. You look at his numbers than he did against Alabama. So um, he's not he's no Cal Trask, but he ain't the reason for that Kentucky L. Um, and you know, he, his teammates did not did not do him any favors. Man. They play they play bad, kind of like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers players didn't help Tom Brady last night. My goodness, they did not help him at all. All right, um, let's take a let's take a top of our break. Can we get to Fox in Florida real quick before we? Yeah, yeah let's do it. Let's get catch let's do it. Fox, Fox in Florida. Good morning. Hey guys, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. I'll make it quick, man. Um, I got two points, man. It's not fool's goal in my opinion because, man. These guys could have came in. They could have slept, walked through the game. They could have not responded. They did. They executed. They tried to play uh, McDonald. Man, made. It's some coaching going on in Knoxville, man. And I'm and I'm hype about it. He drove on the ball. He dislodged it. He put a big hit on that receiver. I'm excited. Thanks for taking my call, guys. Hey, thank you, thank you. I mean. There's no reason to sleepwalk entering this game. This was a must must win for Tennessee, and it was, you know, an SEC game. So uh, there was no reason to be sleepwalking. There was a ton of urgency put on this football game, and for Missouri, it's surprising why they didn't have the same urgency because they were two and two with the chance to go three and two, and they just looked like they it looked like they thought they were playing against, um, you know, Southeast Missouri State. No man, this is an SEC game. You better get up and get ready to go. But, yeah, man, McDonald, McDonald, Chris and Charles, those young safeties, they are going to be good for Tennessee. Theo Jackson, um, last week's locker room, mentioned those two guys as being replacements for him when he moves on next year. He's really high on Charles, who got the start in the place of Trayvon Flowers, who uh, had himself 
a pick that hit him right there in the chest, but he was in great position. Did a great job of baiting, baiting uh, the quarterback. You can just see him baiting the quarterback, baiting the quarterback. He threw it and he drove him the ball. So that's a veteran move by Christian Charles. We will take a break. We're live here at Beatty Chevrolet Parkside Drive. Over 150 vehicles to choose from, backed by their, most of them are backed by their warranty for life, the Beatty Chevrolet promise here. BeattyChevrolet.com. We'll be right back. 